Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what they're reading with you, thinking that you're going to love that latest selection. And inevitably, you just can't stand that book that they suggested. Well, that's not us. <laughs> I'm Ted, filling in for Christine this month, and your two podcast hosts this month have very similar taste in books. I enjoy books that build up new worlds, invite magic and mystery into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule. Me too. Ah, yay! yay. Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your normal hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. But Ted is filling in this go around. Christine and I are librarians, as is Ted, who love to read, but don't always agree on what constitutes a great book. With Ted on board this month, though... Who knows how we'll feel about the month's selection? Jessica and Christine have each selected some of their all-time favorite books. Each month, they alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. Because even if a book isn't entirely your style, it may have some redeeming qualities to it, right? Sure. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Spoiler alert, now's (laughs) the time for us to warn you that we're going to discuss the whole book, including the ending and any magical twists. If you haven't yet read the book and don't want us to spoil anything for you, please stop listening now and join us again after you've read it or decided that you aren't going to read it. Now, I'll add a little tag on to that. Normally, our spoiler alert is pretty self-contained, but Ted and I have a few surprises planned. So even if you decide you don't want to read this book, maybe tune in like halfway through. And right. here's some of the things we want to chat about right. in addition to this month's book. Definitely. Because mm-hmm, we have secret sneaky plans that are not so secret anymore because this has a public podcast. Uh, right. You know, when the cat's away, the mice will totally. play. Yeah, that's where we're, we're at right now. fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this month's book is uh, Before You Know Kindness by Chris Bajalian. And this is actually a book Christine picked for Ted and I to read. Ted and I both love science fiction and fantasy, mm-hmm. as you you already know, and this is not that at all. It is not. But we both finished it. We did. So we're proud of ourselves. Um, normally, the person who selects the book gives a little intro about the author and things like that. So I'm going to do that on Christine's behalf, and I kept it short because we've got lots of things to talk about whether or not we actually yes. enjoyed this book that Christine right. made us read. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so um, Chris Bajalian was born in 1962, so he's a contemporary author. Mm-hmm. He lives in Vermont, which is mm, um, partially where this particular book mm-hmm. is set. Mm-hmm. Um, he started out as an account representative for an ad agency, and then he moved to this really small town up in Vermont that had like 950 people in it, and he started writing weekly columns in his local paper about the people who lived in this town of a thousand people, which sounds kind of interesting all in its own. I'd love to read those little like, a moose wandered into the bar one day (laughs) clips. Right. Um, But then eventually he got picked up and he started writing for Cosmo and the New York Times and Reader's Digest, and he really kind of took off in the late 90s. He published his first book, um, what's it called? I bet it's listed here. Is it? Oh, the, a killing the... in the real world. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. there it is. Yes. And he's been writing consistently ever since mm-hmm. then. He puts out almost a book every year and a half or so. He's more than twenty mm-hmm. books out now. Mm-hmm. Many of them have been really well acclaimed. He's been an Oprah book pick. He's won a New England Book Award, uh, and he's he's still pretty consistently writing. He put out a book just mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And the book that Christine picked for us is called Before You Know Kindness. And I'm going to give a brief synopsis, and then we can really kind of dive into it. Um, It's split into really mainly two big sections of the book. And the first section of the book is set in late July. And it's kind of a 
family drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Multi generational. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's set in New Hampshire or Connecticut or yeah, mostly somewhere New up there. Hampshire. Yeah. yeah, and it's on a family property on like a little mini farm, mm-hmm. and it's a grandmother and her two children and their spouses and the children of them. So it's that multi generation. Yeah, the sort of big old house, family house with a lot of land. Yeah, and, and yeah. they have a little garden they started yes. to grow. Oh dear. <laughs> so the first half of the book is. Um, it's not slow paced, but it's it's space setting and character setting, and it's mm-hmm. talking about how all these people interact and the relationships they have going on. But at the end of that section, you find that someone gets shot, mm-hmm. and it's one of the um, second generation, a dad, right. is accidentally shot mm-hmm. by his young daughter, who's 12, right. in the shoulder. Right. And the second half of the book is set two and a half months later, and it's the fallout from that. Like, what do you do after you are entirely disabled and you have no more use of your right arm? And um, if you, in this case, the man, happen to be an animal rights activist who works for a very aggressive Mm -hmm. animal rights company, um, you decide to go and sue the gun maker. And how does that affect your children and the person who brought the gun to your family event? And it's this whole interrelated, connected story with multiple viewpoints, uh, but this really set around a couple of specific themes. Mm -hmm. And the book concludes with something we won't tell you yet. Right. We have a little little bit of a teaser at the end. We won't. That's right. So that's kind of the book setting. There's a there's an accidental shooting and the fallout from that between family right. members. Right. Yeah. That's a good summary. That's a good summary. So uh, what would you think, Ted? Well, so I want to start by just sort of talking about like just the book itself, looking at the book. When I pick this book up and uh-huh. see the title and the art, I just I don't want to read it. <laughs> Is that terrible? <laughs> I mean, you know, I sort of, I you know, I, again, I tend to like fantasy sci-fi, but I also I, I do like some, you know, contemporary fiction for mm-hmm. sure. But it needs to have I, – I, I'm more attracted to things that have some humor, you know, some coming of age, some mm-hmm. a setting I can relate to. And this one, I read the back of the book and I'm like, oh, dear, this sounds heavy. This sounds yes. this sounds very issue-driven. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, animal rights, gun control, family dysfunction. They're all you know. really important topics. They are, absolutely. But if you're not in the mood – like, it's summer yeah. right now. Right, exactly. If you're not exactly. in the mood for a light, beachy read, yeah. this might not be the I know. pick yeah. for you. I have this book up in Maine and I was, you know, reading it and thinking, <laughs> oh, man – you know, but I mean, no, it was it was fine. It was fine. Uh, well, but no, I kind of getting into it. It was hard for me to get into it. I, yeah. I was sort of I wasn't like, oh, boy, I want to get back to the book right now. It mm-hmm. was really, oh, I guess I'll read some more of the book, you know. <laughs> so that's a really interesting point. Usually when Christine and I are talking, she listens to the book and right. I read the book. Right. So I'm usually the one who's got a physical copy and I'm mm-hmm. flipping through mm-hmm. and I look at the cover. And for her, that is not usually as much of right. a driving factor because right. she's not she doesn't have it in her hand. She's right. listening to it. Mm-hmm. And for those folks out there who haven't seen this book before, the uh, it, it really is kind of a true factor for people that a book's cover actually oh, matters. Yes, definitely. We, Ted and I and many of our other mm-hmm. colleagues have worked in libraries for a mm-hmm. long time and we frequently get questions like, I read this book five years ago. The cover was navy blue. Right. There, and there was a dog on it or whatever. There was a dog or yeah. it had been dog-eared. Right, you know, right, it was, right. and and could you right. find this for me? Right. And, you know, that's kind of a silly little story mm-hmm. we tell each other but it's accurate. It is. And people fixate on what things look like and mm-hmm. it matters so this book mm-hmm. um the cover's all black the words are in kind of a bold typeface mm-hmm. it's kind of goldish yeah. and there's a very small photograph on the bottom half of a girl 
who looks like she's rinsing off with a hose yeah, after a swim after in swimming lake. in the lake. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's it's fine, but it's mm-hmm. not. Doesn't it grab doesn't you. make me like want to read this book, yeah. yeah. And also the title, you know, I, I had Before trouble. You know kindness. I actually had trouble remembering the title. People would say, "What are you reading?" I say, "Oh, it has kindness in the title." It was a hard title for me to kind of keep in my head for some reason, <laughs> until I think toward the end of the book when I was really understanding where the title came from. There's a quote at the beginning of the book yes. that it comes from, but it was later in the book that I really kind of got. I was like, "Oh, of course, that that makes sense." Okay. So I actually wrote down the quote because yeah. I liked this book more than mm-hmm. I thought I would. I'm going to okay. be pretend Christine today. Okay, okay. I actually, where you took a couple of weeks to read it, mm-hmm. I started it last night at 6 p.m. Whoa. as per my normal prerogative. Goodness. And I finished it this morning. And That's it's amazing. 400 and some pages. But I... Mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoyed it, actually. Mm-hmm. I found oh, myself going to dinner and going, okay, I'm done with dinner. I want to go back and finish this. Wow, okay. Not just because I, I'm yeah. supposed to finish the book or right, the podcast. Right, right. But the, the title, Before You Know Kindness, comes from... Um, a quote that says, before you know what kindness really is, you must first lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment, like salt in a weakened broth, by Naomi Shahab Nye in her book Kindness. And I love it when mm. authors start off their books with some kind of quote or context yeah, like yeah, that yeah. because it sets a tone for you even before you get into the book. Yes. So I read that quote and I mm. knew even though family drama is not really my shtick when we're mm-hmm. reading books, I knew exactly what we were going to get into. But mm-hmm. it's the dissolution and the rebuilding of things. Right. So right. I. Right. It, it certainly, yeah, by the end of the book, part. totally made sense. Yeah. 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 Well, like you mentioned earlier, this book is extremely issues driven. Uh-huh. Um, it's. Um, the, uh, one of the families in here is vegetarian and vegan, mm-hmm. and the the dad, the husband in here, works for an animal rights company. He's their mm-hmm. communications director, right. and it's like their company seems like um, like PETA on steroids. Yes. It's, it's very Definitely. antagonistic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not that PETA is doing anything bad, but it's it's like right. that that level up there. Right. Right. So it's there's whole big sections on animal cruelty and animal uh-huh. rights issues and the promotional is- adoptions that they do, and those mm-hmm. were they were kind of hard to read. I agree. Actually, yeah. I made a note of that. I, yeah, I felt like there were times when it was really difficult for me to to read some of that and mm-hmm. think about it. The images were disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting too. I wonder what you thought about this. I thought like he was. It seemed like Bajalian was sympathetic to that for sure. The fact mm-hmm. that he included all of that, but also he would poke fun too at, at the animal rights activists and some of their methods. Their uh-huh. their you know their vegan clothing and things yes. like this. You know, he had balance. Yeah. One of the things that I enjoyed the most about this, if not the uh, the the family drama and the, mm-hmm. the subject matter, was that he writes with a very lovely style. It is clear, it's articulate, it's graphic, in mm-hmm. some ways good and in some ways mm-hmm. bad. But he provided a lot of balance. Yeah. So where one half of this family is talking about things like um, trying to get people to stop eating meat, mm-hmm. which, you know, whatever your jam is, do whatever you want. Right. I, I don't care. But right. they feel very strongly about it. Right. Um, and one of the other families in here the the father and the husband is hiding the fact that he's a deer hunter right. because he doesn't want to poke the bear there. Right. He doesn't want to start that kind of family mm-hmm. argument about mm-hmm. what it means to be in a family where mm-hmm. you love each other, mm-hmm. but you have such strongly opposing viewpoints about mm-hmm. your personal individual rights and the rights of both people and animals around you. Right. Yeah. He still wants to hunt. He wants to mm-hmm. hunt with his son as his son grows and yeah. all that. And so he, he does it on the sly, kind of, at least to his brother-in-law. Yes. Yeah. Well, so, so I think part of the reason this book 
uh, resounded more strongly with me than it normally would have is that it I don't know if Christine was extra super thoughtful when she okay. did this, but it resounds really strongly with some of my own upbringing. Okay. You know, my family were hunters. We went out, we got our deer licenses. We all, everybody had their own RV. We went trailing wow. out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you did field dressings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a vegetarian now. Mm-hmm. I'm not a vegan. Mm-hmm. I love butter. Mm-hmm. Cheese. And cheese, ice cream, the whole <laughs> dairy slate. Right. Um, but I've seen both sides of this. And so reading this was very uh, personally I was invested in the way that the family members were interacting with each other around it because it was similar to my own Mm -hmm. upbringing. I could relate to both sides, too. I've been sort of a part-time vegetarian Mm. different times of my life, and I have a brother-in-law who hunts. He's a bow hunter. Mm -hmm. So I sort of know a bit about both worlds, and, you know, so they're both familiar to me. And, yeah, um, you know, one thing about the characters, too, is that as we got to know them, I don't know, I was having – I was trying to – early in the book, I was trying to like them. Did you have any trouble? I mean, we we learned certainly enough about them, about what they did for a living, Mm -hmm. about, you know, Spencer and the animal rights activism, about the daughters and what what their things were. But sort of like I was I was having trouble finding one character to really relate to, to have as my sort of surrogate in the book. I liked the children more than I liked the adults in this book. So the storylines we follow are the matriarch, the grandmother, Nan, who's the owner of this home that they spend their their summer weekend in. And she was, you know, she was fine. She was a yeah. filled out character, but she wasn't yeah. anyone I connected with. Right. And then there's the two families. There's right. the animal rights vegetarian family mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. family that lives in Vermont with right. a father that's a hunter. And right. the two adults in there, they were fine. They were well-developed. But they, you know, yeah. I liked both families had young daughters. Yes. One was 10, Willow, mm-hmm. and one was um, 12, 12, almost 13. Almost 13, right. Charlotte. That's a big deal's made of that in the book. And um, <laughs> they're just such funny, snarky little tweens in there mm-hmm. that I could absolutely see both myself as a child in them okay. and the the children in our generations out there. Like, okay. they want to grow up too fast. But oh, they yeah. don't want to grow up so fast that they can't go eat strawberries out of the garden that they planted. Sure. And they want to be related to mm-hmm. what they want to be mm-hmm. taken care of when things go wrong. Okay. So I, I found myself relating, maybe not personally, but I... I appreciated them the mm-hmm. most out of it because they were the drivers in this. The, they were. the daughter, Charlotte, accidentally shot her father mm-hmm. because she yeah. she got a little high. She did. And um, was poking around in the trunk of her father's yeah. car or his her uncle's her car, uncle's car yeah. and was upset because her dad's garden had been eaten by deer. So she pulled a shotgun yeah. out and yeah. thought she saw a deer and... Yeah. Shot him. And of course, she does question, like, how accidental was it? You know, because uh-huh. she did have some issues with her dad. Yeah. And, you know, what did she think he was a deer? Did, you know, <laughs> what, what exactly happened? And if, he, if it was a deer, oh my gosh, she's a vegetarian. What was she doing? Yeah. You know. Why was she shooting? Yeah. 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 It was, it was a well plotted out book. Mm-hmm. You didn't exactly know what was going to happen as it was happening, but you could see what was coming up. Yes. I would say as the book went on, I did like it more as it went on. So Mm -hmm. I I was more drawn to getting back to reading it. I would say about maybe two thirds through. I was like, I was more, I was kind of thinking, okay, I want to know where this is all going. You know, what's Mm going to happen with this lawsuit is the kind of the the ultimate truth about what the girls were doing before the shooting going to come out. Yeah. So I was very curious about all of that. And so I did, I was more engaged, I would say, with the story at that point. But it was well plotted. I agree. Mm -hmm. It all all kind of, all the different threads 
mattered. Yes. Um, I didn't feel like there was like a wasted thread room. No, they there was nothing sort of, extraneous. Yeah, they all came together nicely. Um, so yeah. Well, part of what I look for in every book that we talk about are fun words because I, I love a good dime word in there. I have some fun words too. <gasps> you go first. Horfrost? Is that one of yours? <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a good one. Yeah. Do you know like, what that is? Well, I think I must have looked it up and I first saw it, but I forget. Yes. Yeah, H-O-A-R-F-R-O-S-T. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that um, kind of grainy frost that yeah. gets on grass in the okay. in the morning, okay. right? I it's liked... like a throwaway word in the book. It's like, oh, what yeah. was that? No, what? that's a good one. It was page four, too. It was right away. I'm like, I what the liked heck? spumescent. Oh. Spumescent. S, so I'm spelling things now for people. S-P-U-M and then more letters. Okay. But, um, <laughs> it's like um, when something is foamy. Okay. Uh, or frothy, so okay. it's like if you, you know, are, are ill one. and there's yeah. stuff on the corner of your mouth. So that was oh creepy, my. but okay. interesting. Okay. So what do you got? Uh, freshette. I think I said that right. That's like, hmm. yeah, I know. I've, okay, you know, I looked that up too, and I'm forgetting what it meant. It's, uh, <laughs> it's I, you know, it's it's some, it's very New England. It's very like northern, like the something about the land, kind of in New England and the, and the grass hmm. and stuff. And I was like, what the heck? I mean, and decapod. Oh yeah, that's a good that's one. That's a fun one. Yeah, I don't and they know. actually told you what that meant in the book. Yeah, he explained that one. Thank goodness. <laughs> that yes, was that helpful. was in yeah. relation to a lobster. Yeah, and it's you right. know the thorax and how many limbs right. they have. Many lobsters were horribly oh, killed yes. in the book. Yes, well, I liked. It, one of the first prequel chapters, the title of it was Cavitation. Yes. And I thought, well, what does that mean? And it's mm. the creation of a cavity, which – So yeah. the, the the language in here was – most of it was clear and you knew what was going on. But there were just these little gems in there. You were like, oh, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. also had some – he was so – Beautifully descriptive in some areas, mm-hmm. like the place setting in Vermont and Agreed. New York, the the feelings between people and the rage in some cases. Mm-hmm. But there were some descriptions that were just gross. Oh yeah, and purposeful because he's yeah. trying yeah. to make a clear picture in your head. So Definitely. after Spencer got shot, the EMTs came to pick him up, and they were talking about how. Um, in movies and TV, you always see EMTs like leaning over someone and in some cases sitting on them on a gurney to hold mm-hmm. pressure on a wound. Mm-hmm. And the EMT in here was saying that if you did that, it's like sitting on jam. Ugh. And I thought, oh, my stomach could turn with that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah. there's a baby in the book and they were talking about all the baby-related functions, you know, oh, like yeah. cleaning diapers. Little, little Patrick. and Patrick. Yeah. None yeah. of that. None of that was right. for me. So <laughs> I was yes. not excited for those. Yes, yes. You know, um, also about his style. You mentioned that there are different points of view. And so each like sort of chapter would have different sections in it. Mm-hmm. And he would then, you'd have like a, a little section from Willow's point of view, a little yes. section from Nan's point of view. I liked that for the most part. There were times, I don't know if you noticed this, but where it sort of like, you'd get the same a different character's perspective mm-hmm. of the same thing yep. which is interesting but sometimes i felt it was a little um sort of boring for me sort oh, of like oh that again oh that again you know as opposed to oh she thought this and he thought that uh-huh. i don't know it didn't and I'm, quite i'm going to faux christine you on this one okay. because Whoa. i i did appreciate that okay okay i liked i liked the viewpoints that showed that even if there are a set of facts and you know exactly what happened. Your own personal mm. lenses on it create sure. such a level of distortion about sure. things that we could be standing right next to each other witnessing the same thing and it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's we true. both believe it entirely. Right. I believe what right. happened and you believe – and we're both right. 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 We're both a little bit wrong. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a Rashomon I think is the famous film that yes. shows the same thing from different characters' uh-huh. perspectives and how their their versions vary so yeah. wildly. Yeah. 
So normally on this podcast, we talk quite a lot about the book in hand, but Ted and I decided that we also might want to talk a little bit about other things because we couldn't help ourselves. So because Ted and I both love science fiction and fantasy books, we thought we would do a pop-up section of the podcast called Books We Could Never Get Christine to Read. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. I love it. Yes. So we each (laughs) wrote down a couple of them that Mm – I know I'm never going to be able to force her to read oh, through no. this podcast, and Ted just wants to share. So I do. we wanted to um, provide those more broadly to you all, our dear listeners, in case yeah. you want more science fiction and fantasy in your life. So Ted, some what, suggestions. Give us one. What do you got? My first one is a doozy because it's like everything Christine <laughs> hates in one book. So it's a book called Night of the Living Trekkies. <laughs> <laughs> It's really a fun book. Seriously. Like if you like horror, if you like Star Trek, you will you will like this book. Um, it's by Kevin David Anderson and Sam Stahl. And it is a zombie novel. So sure. you know, kind of kind of standard zombie in, in terms of like, you know, the, the folks start reanimating as zombies and eating human flesh. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it happens at a Star Trek convention. It happens at a giant Star Trek convention in Houston. <laughs> And the main character is this guy. He's like, I think he's a military veteran. And he's like, oh, no, what is going on? And so it's just got all these Star Trek and some Star Wars and oh, other yes. other geeky sort stars. of trivia in-jokes. Every chapter's title is a, t- a title of an old Star Trek episode, which oh, is hilarious. Um, and so if you're a Star Trek nerd like I am, you love every bit of this book. You get everything that's being put forward. You know, if if you don't get that, I think you can still enjoy the book. You can still kind of appreciate that. Oh, it's geeky. I don't quite get that. But you still will probably like the narrative. It's scary, too. It actually is scary. And it's gross. You know, it's well, got yeah, plenty it's of plenty of blood and guts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But it's really it's seriously a fun book. I enjoyed it. Oh, she would never read that? I know, right? I would. I'm going to now. Oh, good. Yes. I think you'll enjoy it. Yes. And just to create a really graphic description, like in Chris Bajalian's book Mm -hmm. for you all, um, Ted's office has a little candy jar in it. And the candy (laughs) jar is shaped like a zombie head. And so you reach your hand into where the brains would be to take candy out. Isn't that great? That's how much Ted loves zombies. I love zombies. I've loved zombies since I was a teenager, like 11 or something. (laughs) You know, I am not as much of a zombie book fan. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. um, my first book is one that does have zombies in it. Oh, excellent. And it's one that I have told Christine about, Mm -hmm. and she was so disengaged with Mm. it because of how it was everything that she doesn't like that I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this myself. And I know you will too. Okay. And everyone out there is going to want to read it because it's great. (laughs) So the... um, the author of this book is Jim Hines, and there are two books in the series so far, mm-hmm. Terminal Alliance and Terminal Uprising. And the titles don't really tell you too much. It's the subtitle that really gets you. So the first book is Terminal Alliance, book one of the janitors of the post-apocalypse. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what's that? Janitors in the post-apocalypse? I didn't know we'd need people to clean up things when there were no living people left. I love everything you do. about that. You should. It's wonderful. <laughs> so it's um, it's a... It's like a space novel because it's set in outer space. You're on a spaceship. It has zombies. It has aliens. It has fantasy. It's it's everything wonderful in life. Yeah. So it's book. The book is mainly focused on a character called uh, Miriam Adamopoulos. Her nickname is Mops, and she <laughs> is the chief of the SHS crew, which is the shipboard hygiene and sanitation staff, oh, no. which is the janitorial staff oh. aboard the Earth Mercenary Corps ship Pufferfish. Oh, so, my gosh. um. Earth has been decimated. Uh, aliens contacted us, and um, they were hanging out, and then all of a sudden all the humans went crazy. 
and started eating each other, and it was Ugh. a horrible zombie fest. Oh but then they came back and they helped fix us. So they decided that humanity needs saving. They came up with a cure, and so they've been slowly curing people. And when humans are cured, they become super strong. And so they use humans, who they've cured, as kind of a like an army corps to mm. to mm. patrol the skies. And uh, Mops is not an army person, but she is their janitorial staff. Okay. And <laughs> so book one is kind of a mystery and a murder, and the humans on board the ship she works all start going feral. They all go rogue oh, again. No. So she has to figure out what's happening. Okay. And then in book two, uh, they actually take a trip back to Earth. And it's, it's wonderful. It's funny, and it's got little good in-jokes mm. in it, but it's got a great plot line and good character mm. development, too. So. Wow, that sounds highly amazing. recommend. I know. All right. What else you got? So okay, so my next book is not funny. I love funny <gasps> books. This is not a funny book because okay, I also okay. love, as you know, I also love scary stuff. I love horror, oh. and I really have a super love of like really pulpy horror, like that paperback you find in the drugstore. Yeah, I love that kind of book. So a great <laughs> example of that, I think, is the first book by an author, Jonathan Jans, whose his books are so good. He writes real again pulpy stuff. So it's, you've got extreme violence, a lot of gore. Um, really interesting characters, often with dark sides. He okay. writes characters really well. So the, his first book was called The Sorrows. And when I first read it, I was like, this is an author that I'm going to keep reading because mm -hmm. I loved it. So the setting is it's a, a group of people, two guys who are composers, and they're working on the soundtrack, the, the score for a horror film. Mm -hmm. So they, they need inspiration. They kind of have writer's blocks. So they take their girlfriends and some other folks to this island nope. that has a, I know, that nope, has I'm a out mansion. Already. You island. don't go to a place where you can't get out. <laughs> I know, right? So they're already isolating themselves. Classic horror mm -hmm. trope, right? And there's a mansion on the island that's said to be haunted. Of, of course, course, of course, of it course is it's haunted, basically yes. right. So, and and they they spend like some time in this mansion, mm -hmm. and horrible things happen because there's this. Thing. No, no, don't tell me. Oh, I don't, don't know. tell you. Okay. I don't wanna... All right. Well, so horrible things happen. It's <laughs> it's bloody. People go bad. I mean, so murderous impulses come out. It's almost a bit bac bacchanalian, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -mm. I think Christine would totally hate. She'd get through chapter one and be like, "What am I doing?" She yeah, would no, throw this book out the window. I would do this, and same you probably thing would too. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember the exact season this was in but do you remember in the old tv show friends when they were reading the shining and when it oh, got too yeah. scary you put it in the freezer right yes <laughs> that's what that. i would do with that okay. book. I, okay i do not yeah. like horror books that okay. is i'm yeah that's one I'm that's on a genre way. we don't have in common no, yeah. you can keep that one <laughs> um another series that i would love to have more people know about is not my usual one here but in addition to science and fiction and fantasy, I really, really love Japanese manga, oh, which yeah. are comic books, right. usually serialized from Japan, mm -hmm. Korea, and a lot of kind of Asian countries. And one of the first manga series I read in full was Fruits Basket, which is a series of 23 books. And it follows um, a girl named Toru Honda who meets this family. And the fam and uh, there's always magic and weird stuff going on in these stories. So the family she meets all characterize different members of the um, Chinese zodiac. Mm -hmm. And when oh, they yeah. are touched by members of the opposite sex or they're weak or they're stressed out or anything like that, they become possessed with the spirit. And it sounds like a weird context, but the illustrations are just archetypical uh -huh. of Japanese manga. Mm -hmm. And the storyline is so complex and in-depth. Mm. It's... It's just one of my favorites. Every couple of years, I go mm -hmm. back and I reread the whole series. So it sounds great. They yeah. did. I think there was an anime made Absolutely. of that as well. Right? There's many. There's been yeah. animes. There's yeah. been movies. Yeah. There's been light novelizations. There have been full novelizations. Yeah. There's been all kinds of great stuff. So awesome. that's one that. Cool. Yeah. Now, uh, 
one of the books I considered putting on my list for books that I could never get Christine okay. to read okay. is the Harry Potter series. Oh. She has has said she's not interested. However, okay. Okay. Oh. we're going to read it on this podcast. Oh, so my. Exciting. Just a little preview for our <laughs> listeners out there. That one's coming up. That's that great. That one's coming up. That's cool. Well, I know we're we're pretty close to about where we usually stop here. So okay. I wanted to give a brief intro for next month's book, which okay. is my choice. Christine will be back again next month. So I'm sorry, Ted. We loved having you here. This was but fun. You're out. Okay. You're out. Christine's oh, back. So next month, we're reading a book called Terrier by Tamora Pierce. This is a young adult novel, and uh, Tamora Pierce is a pretty prolific author. She's got a bunch of different either trilogies or quartets that she writes, typically in the same world. Uh, This particular book is set in her Tortal world, and it follows a young lady named Becca Cooper. She's a rookie cop who's working in um, a pretty rough neighborhood with some veterans, Um, from that area and they're solving mysteries and murders and all these kinds of things in a magical setting and where some people have regular informants to help them solve crimes uh, Becca has a special skill and some some of her informants happen to be dead already yes it's a I, she's great. Yeah, she's a wonderful. We're, we're all going to love it. So, well, except, Ted, except Ted and I are going to love it. Christine's going to love it too. Yeah. This is a good one. She'll, she'll enjoy she'll, it. She'll enjoy it. She'll enjoy it. Well, thank you for joining us on your Making Me Read What? Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So please do join us next month when we will be discussing Terrier by Tamora Pierce. Thank you so much and keep on reading. 